0: Welcome to the Black and Blue Podcast, where we talk about the experiences of being a Black African American male and a peace officer. Each week, listen to the personal stories, topics, and discussions about this duality. I will share my personal experiences along with having periodic guests. Whether you want to learn more about this, understand it better, or just want to listen as a therapy session, I welcome you, and this is the podcast for you. Hello, and welcome to another episode of. Black and Blue. I'm your host, Alfred, and today we are joined with uh, Mr. Davis. How are you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Thank you for taking the time out your day to come do this interview with me. Today we're going to discuss you know, some of your experiences as being a, a Black male as well as a peace officer. Uh, but before we get started, let our listeners know a little bit about you. So if you could give us a uh, a brief little background uh, about yourself.
1: Well, um, my name is Jonathan Davis. Like, like you said before, I've been a deputy sheriff for uh, in law enforcement for over 13 years. Born and raised in uh, Fresno, California, in Central Valley, I had the uh, opportunity of attending Fresno State University. I'm a member of the most glorious fraternity on earth, five yes, minutes to Incorporated, <laughs> and um, I got into I got in law enforcement at a. In my, my late twenties, you know, um, it was something that I've always wanted to do. So, you know, I, I pushed past that way because I was I wasn't raised in the greatest of neighborhoods. You know, I was I was raised in Southwest Fresno on uh, Drummond or uh, right off of Jensen. So if anyone's familiar with Fresno, they'll know that's one of the uh, one of the rougher neighborhoods in, in Southwest Fresno. Ninety five percent black and coming out of there and going to law enforcement is special.
0: No. Mm-hmm. Now, do you feel that the reason you chose to become a peace officer was due to the environment that you grew up in?
1: Um, yeah, I, I think the um, the major reason why um, I got into law enforcement was just the, the things that I saw in my neighborhoods, the, the interactions with uh, law enforcement officers wasn't the best, but I had a, uh, a officer that changed my opinion about that at a very early age, so watching him conduct... Basically, community-oriented policing when I was five, six, seven, growing up in that neighborhood mm-hmm. is what changed my opinion. And then I didn't have that, that stigmatism about the negativeness of law enforcement at an early age. It was a, a, black, a black officer, uh, Officer Stevens from Fresno Police Department. Mm-hmm. He would come over and actually sit in our driveway and write his reports when I was younger. So oh, okay. being in that neighborhood and being in that environment, and talking to him and uh, experiencing the things that that he would he would uh, talk to me about, it kind of changed my opinion. And then my two oldest brothers are also in law enforcement, and all of our experiences are the same due to Officer Stevens.
0: Okay, so would you say his his type of policing, uh, and you mentioned a little bit community policing, which is where you know officers actually get to know the community they're working in. Do you feel that that had a huge impact or that that is actually something that is needed in a lot of these communities?
1: Greatly, man. I, that, that, that's one of the biggest things about law enforcement. I, I think that that is missing at times is just the community-oriented oriented policing, knowing who you're policing, you know? Mm-hmm. When you're going to these neighborhoods, knowing who grandmothers are, knowing who mothers are, knowing who right. the kids are, knowing the problems that they may have had in their history and their families, you know, those are the things that you need to, to focus on, like when you get when you sitting sit in a particular beat in a particular area, you gotta know your community and know the people that you're around.
0: Right. So
1: I think that facet of policing is, is necessary, you know?
0: Definitely, most definitely. Do you find it being uh, difficult living the duality of being a black African-American male and a peace officer? At
1: times. I'm not, I'm not gonna sit here and, and say no, I don't. At times, I am I am conflicted. I am torn between the mm-hmm. two because just like what you see in the media as of right now, you have so many countless brothers that's been taken killed by the hands of law enforcement that the community in total don't agree with, you know, right. and then looking at it from both sides of the fence, you can see the justifications on certain things. And then you can see the not justifications as how the community looks at it. You know, it's, it's, it's been hard. It's been one of those things that it takes a lot to be able to deal with and to understand mm-hmm. the multi, multi tiers of being in law enforcement. Now, it, it it's, it's rough. It's at times it, it becomes it's straining, but you always reflect back on why you got into this, to this field, why you did it, right. why you're, you're choosing to be a, a law enforcement professional. It's mm-hmm. not just because, you know, it makes a decent salary. No, it's not because of that. It's because that I actually bought into my community. Mm-hmm. I bought into the, the, the belief that I can make a change with the people that I enforce law against. You know, it's not, not everyone's a criminal and doesn't have a chance. It's just like, yeah, you made a mistake today, but I'm going to treat you with respect and love right. and try to teach you a different way. You know exactly,
0: what I mean? exactly. Yeah, totally understand. Now, do I mean a lot of people they tend to um, say that you know if people dressed a certain way or if they had a certain hairstyle that they would be you know treated differently. Um, how do how do you feel about that? Does does appearance matter? does it doesn't matter that someone is wearing a suit versus wearing casual clothes or if someone has long hair versus short hair? Not one
1: bit, not mine, Mm -hmm. but I know there's, there's people that stereotype and profile by what you wear. Right. Because off duty, I don't, I don't dress like, um, like a typical cop. I don't wear 5'11 shirts and 5'11 cargo pants. Right, right. You know, I don't, I don't wear blue line shirts. I don't, I don't do that when I'm off my own time. I dress like typical, a typical man, you know, I I throw my t-shirts on, I, i throw Mm -hmm. my jeans on i wear jordans i I wear baggy clothes still you know i i I dress how i'm comfortable and if you judge a person because because of that then you know you might have to do some soul searching and figure out why you're really into this and you know i I understand criminal stereotyping but then i also understand that you can't do that to everyone because everyone's not a criminal you know what i
0: mean right exactly exactly i'm gonna read this quote um it was uh it was actually a tweet by uh by richard sherman He tweeted this out on May 31st, and he stated, you know, it's curious the way I'm treated in public when I have a mask on and when I don't. When I wear a mask, I feel the tension that I have felt since I was a child. I can feel the looks of people who assume I'm a threat when the mask comes off and suddenly I'm not a threat. And he uh, tweeted this out, you know, of course, during the COVID-19 times where people are required to wear masks. And he's basically stating that, you know, when the mask is on, he can feel that he's a fearful black man. Same as he used to felt when he was a kid growing up in, you know, South Los Angeles in the Compton area. As soon as it's off, he recognize, oh, it's, it's Richard Sherman and everything changes. How do you feel about what he tweeted out?
1: You know, that's strange that you, uh, that you said that because I actually had a conversation about the exact same thing like <laughs> a couple of days ago. Because I, I, I was mentioning that I don't like wearing my mask and carrying off duty. Mm -hmm. because you don't want that i'm still a black man in america right just you don't know that i'm a police officer until i tell you or you see a badge or you see my department id i'm still a black man and i still Mm -hmm. have had to take precautions i I don't like wearing it i'm not gonna lie to you i i I hate it i hate going into stores wearing it i try to have the most non-threatening tone on (laughs) earth just because just because you don't want that assumption you know because it's sad that you have to say that because but Living in this world, you have to look at the realities. You know, there's realities that people will judge you just based off your color. based off right. of who you are, not not even your character. So you have to take those precautions. You have to take those measures, which we shouldn't have to do that.
0: Right. But exactly. I understand
1: what the brother was saying when he said that. And I've experienced it. You can, you can tell the looks that you get when you're walking in, a, in certain mm-hmm. stores or you're walking into a mom and pop's convenience store or, or a liquor store to get gas or whatever it may be. You can, see the, you can see and feel the difference. So, yeah.
0: Definitely, definitely. His, his
1: statement was definitely on point.
0: Yeah, and I definitely agree, too. I think that now that we have to wear masks, I think that it has added an additional layer of fear in a lot of people's eyes. You know, they already, of course, fear, you know, the black male, you know, majority of people. But With that mask on, it seems like it intensified that fear uh, because, like, like you said, I've noticed the same thing. Uh, with that mask, you know, you see a lot more of it uh, on the expressions of people's faces. So definitely, right. definitely agree that. Um, another question for you: um, Do you feel that officers treat you know blacks and people of color differently, uh, and have you seen it? And why do you feel that this occurs? You know,
1: that's a that's a, a pretty good state question, man. I can say that as far as my department goes, they don't do it in front of me.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: I'm actually one of the only only black patrol deputies that works for my department and my agency so being being around these certain environments, we don't we don't get that our Our law enforcement base, we don't have that many African Americans that's in our area that i I actually police in, so they they kind of keep that hidden if they do do it. Mm-hmm. so but and I can take it back to when I was working in the Bay Area, I've seen the difference. I've seen people get talked to a little bit different because you're from Oakland, right. Then from the city I was working in, i won't I won't put them on blast. so but you know you you, you know that there is a difference just from the mirror, just the conversation, you know, it's not, it doesn't even have to be the enforcement. It's just the mere conversation. It's it's, I'm going to be a little bit more stern. I'm going to be more forceful than I would be with anyone else. Mm -hmm. It's probably the lack of communication and a lack of understanding the community that they're in Mm -hmm. is that not understanding who they're policing and not understanding the different, the different environment that they're in. So I think that's one of the the major issues.
0: Right, I think that goes all, goes back to that community policing we were just uh right referring to as right. well. Right, you got to know the people that you're around, man. I,
1: I I really believe that you have to know why people perceive law enforcement a certain way. Why did they have the stigma that law enforcement is is negative? You have to understand this is a a multi a multi generation thing that we're dealing with this is not just something that's just happened as of lately but everyone wants us to believe that this is because of the the michael browns or the the tamir rices or just like the 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 george floyd it's 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 deeper than that right you know it's it's been around for for centuries right in the united states at least
0: right exactly and i think a a lot of people they've been retweeting this quote i don't know where it came from or originated from but a lot of people saying that racism racism did not you know increase it's just that it's being filmed now uh because a lot of us videotape right videotape because a lot of us in these communities we've seen instances like these happen you know as we were growing up on a daily basis but now you know right with technology everything is being recorded um so it's not that racism has increased it's just that now you know a lot more people have access to to what's being or what's happening
1: out there right and that's exactly what it is
0: Mm-hmm. Being that you are the only uh black male officer uh in your department, have you had any experiences while you were working where you felt other officers uh looked at you differently or felt any uneasiness uh because you were present? And this can be with your department or if you were at work and you, you know, doing some type of multi agency operation, et cetera?
1: Oh yes. There's 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 been a lot. See, i I, I can just tell you for one instance. There's there's been uh incidents where people make comments is because i'm from the area where i work and i work in the county area i don't work in the city mm-hmm. so when we do cross paths with the city and we may cross paths with the african-american youngster or or someone i have the i have a dialogue with them and i can be able to talk and be able to reach them in, in ways that some of the officers can't some of the deputies can't and when that happens it's always uh you know you can know it happens like uh, how do you know that person? And, you know, you you can see the little slide more remarks, but if you don't address it when it happens and Mm if it in the body, it festers. So what I've learned to do is that I call people on the carpet. As soon as they make a statement, if they make a statement that I find off color or off base, I call them on the carpet. And then now I'm going to see where you're really standing at as far as, uh, the statements that you make. So right, that, exactly. it, it's it's never it's never blatant. It's always subliminal. Very,
0: right, very subtle. But right. I call
1: them out on this. Sub- yes, and I call I call them out on the on the subtle that they do. But right. you have to. That's the only way you'll
0: survive. Right. You have definitely definitely. I, I definitely concur I've had the same instances where I've had to to address the issue, because if you're not, and like you said, it's always been subtle. Because if you don't, then they will take that as you know. Oh, he's okay with it. You know, and they'll continue mm-hmm. on. So I definitely, yes. I definitely understand where you're coming from. Now, have you had any any experiences or encounters, you know, that you've had with law enforcement that was negative, whether you were on duty or off duty or prior to even being a peace officer or why you were a peace officer?
1: I've had I, I have one that stands out the most to me is mm-hmm. uh I was still living in a pretty high crime area when I was going to the police academy. All right. So When I was in the police academy, I had to go in and out of my neighborhood. Um, I lived in a real, real high crime, high gang area. Mm -hmm. So, I would sneak my police academy stuff in and out of my house. So, I would try to leave as early as I possibly could before anyone was up and I would come in, I would come back for my study sessions at night so I wouldn't so I could just just blend in with the the darkness and get inside of the house and and not be seen with all my gear. So, I was stopped. Uh, One evening, I was getting my stuff out of my car um, and it was a consensual contact. But you can you, you can feel that the contact wasn't consensual. I was actually stopped by a gang unit. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what are you doing? And what are you doing out here? How, what, what's going on? Like, just trying to trying to build a conversation. But I know it wasn't a conversation that they that was just like being friendly. Right. It was an, an investigative conversation. And I was like, I'm I'm coming from the police academy, sir. That's what I'm doing. That's where I'm coming from. And then that, the stigmatism, how they were getting out of the car, how they were posturing, how they were talking to me all changed when I said that. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I'm the regular person that's in this neighborhood that I, that's involved in criminal activity, which I found that was wrong. You know, that's that's the stuff that happened to me as a youth. I've been stopped, prone out of the car because I fit the description of someone that looks like me in an all-black neighborhood it's been it's i've I've had some some pretty some pretty rough things happen in fresno
0: mm-hmm.
1: i not gonna lie to you
0: now just want to throw this out there because i know a lot of black males have either had this happen to them or they know someone who's had this happen to them growing up have you or even growing up or even as an adult have you ever had law enforcement point a weapon at you before
1: yes i've had that happen to me um I was actually in high school. Mm-hmm. I was uh, 17, 16, 17, coming home from Edison High School. was actually, a, we got pulled over, so I was saying, got fit the description, and guns were drawn, pulled out of cars, prone out on, in, in the rain on the road, on the roadway, to, to all find out that we're high school kids and we didn't have anything to do with that. But just the simple fact of getting the, the gun pulled out on you and you not understanding why it happened mm-hmm. was hard being – being a 17 year old kid and this is the first experiences that you really had that was, that was negative with law enforcement. So yeah, that was, that, that's happened.
0: Right. How, how, how was you able to process that a gun being pointed at you and, and how did that affect you, you, you um, psychologically?
1: Um, original at, at the moment you're upset about it. Mm-hmm. At the moment you're trying to figure out why, why are you thinking I'm, I'm, I'm a bad person? Why you don't even know me. You've right. never met me before. And then why are you all of a sudden judging me? Mm-hmm. So that was the hardest thing for me to, to process is that I've lived my life, my entire life, not getting involved with any gangs, not doing any, any drugs, not smoking any marijuana in high school when everybody else was doing it, trying to go into school, doing my, my work the right way, playing sports and, and stand out of the mix
0: mm-hmm. and then
1: getting put, getting put into the mix with everyone else was, it was disheartening because like they tell you, all you have to do is obey the law and follow the rules and, you're right. good in school and do all that stuff, but you still get drawn into it. And then right, when you exactly. get drawn into it it, it, it it takes you, it sets you back. Especially if you're understanding that I'm working hard to get out of this area. I'm, right. I'm doing what I'm supposed to 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 make a way for myself. And then I'm still getting put in the same category as everyone else is not doing what they're supposed to do.
0: Mm-hmm. So that was
1: kind of hard to, right. to process.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Now, you had mentioned earlier when um, the uh, the cops had a uh, uh, question you when you were coming back from the police academy back in the day. Why do you feel that the tone of officers when they deal with, you know, people of color or those of the minority community, Why why do you feel that their tone is such in a way that it's kind of demeaning and kind of you know, authoritative kind of listen to me and shut up type of attitude.
1: Most people weren't raised in a negative environment. They've always been raised in a positive environment with a a dual family home, not a single family area where they had to to face adversity. Mm -hmm. So then when they see people that don't look like them or have different experiences in them and they've been programmed their entire life and everything that they've seen on TV, Mm -hmm. to social media, to the news, to think that everything that's in that neighborhood is negative then they're going to respond that way. It's because they have no understanding that everyone in this environment is not bad. There's people that's good in this environment. There's people that just the only reason why they're in that environment is because they have no other way out of it. right? You know? And that they don't deserve to have the aggressive conversation. They don't deserve to have the do what I say or we're going to have a problem conversation. Right. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a time and place for that. Exactly. There's a time and place where you have to step things up and you have to talk to people and uh, on a level where they understand you, but that doesn't mean that you have to talk to everybody on that level. Mm-hmm. And I think that just the a simple fact that they don't, that some people don't understand that or maybe even scared of their own shadow that you don't have to do that. That's one of the things I don't, I, I, I do not do I, There's, there's times that you have to step it up and you tell people what you want and how you want it done. And they're going to listen to you but majority of my contacts i talk to everybody that that i, I contact like i'm talking to you right now we'll I, have a friendly conversation until you deem that i need to change what i'm
0: doing and my tactics exactly exactly yeah and you definitely hit a key point is that you know you just treat everybody with respect and and it's also a lot to do with you know media and the news and how they portray people of certain communities you know they right they continue to portray them in a negative light and that's all they've seen You know, so their interactions with them and you got to understand us as law enforcement, you know, we deal with probably three point something percent of the population because 99.7 percent is probably law abiding citizens. But we deal deal with a small population on a daily basis. So if they work in these communities and that's all they're dealing with their interactions with those people always tend to be, you know, leaning, lean towards that aggressive nature. But like you said, it goes back to them, you know, understanding that community, you know, getting to know people in that community and, and you know, and to get, you know, out there and, and do, you know, some community policing. So you definitely hit uh, some key points there.
1: Thank you. I just, you know, it, it's the only one I know how to be, man. It, we we just got to keep it a hundred percent real, man. And, that, and that's the only thing I see that, the major things I think that we need to work on is just that—that that community policing, and then understanding the community you enforce. I mean, if we if we understand the people and their problems, then we can be able to be able to to help the people. I mean, that's our job is to solve people's problems at their worst times. You know, just because that uh, Mrs. Johnson got her got her bike stolen today, that's the worst moment that she's had today, and we have to go to Mrs. Johnson and treat her fairly because her bike got stolen. Mm-hmm. And then we can leave for Mr. Johnson's house and go and, and go deal with someone else that just was assaulted, or, or stop a person with with drugs in their car. There's there's right. so many different facets of things that that we can de- that we deal with that we have to be able to understand what the things that we're
0: going through. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, we're gonna st- um, start wrapping up this interview. I uh, just want to give you uh, another opportunity if you have any any advice or any tidbits or anything you just want, you know, to give to the listeners. If you have anything, go ahead.
1: My my thing would be, is this man, you know, law enforcement in whole is, is not a negative entity in itself. It it does have its issues. It does have its problems, but it takes people that actually want to do things better to push that, that uh, agenda. We have to push the agenda where we hold people accountable for just not even if they do something wrong, if they if they're not talking to people the right way, because that's where it starts at. Like like we have to start on the lowest level of holding people accountable, mm-hmm. and once we start doing that, we, we we should be able to start turning the tide of of how we're we're received and how we're 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 looked at in the community. That's my my biggest goal. Why I got into it is just let like, let's change the perception. Let's change what especially our people think about law enforcement. Let's give them a, a comfort. Let's give them someone that they can they can they can relate to. That they can talk to and speak to about their issues and their problems or they can help them in their time of need and they feel like they're actually truly being helped and don't think of anything anything negative that's coming out of it Mm -hmm. so i think if we all put our all into our departments that we work for and hold the people that's working in our departments accountable i think we should be able to we should be able to move past this uh this negative times that we're having with law enforcement man i really truly believe that
0: well i appreciate those last words Again, Brother Davis, I appreciate you for taking the time out your day uh, to do this interview with me and on the Black and Blue podcast. Again, if you have any questions, go ahead, feel free to, to hit us up. Again, you have listened to another episode of the Black and Blue podcast. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Black and Blue podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review.